0: Welcome to the Gateway Church podcast. We're so glad that you're here. We pray God speaks to you through this message and through his word today. For more information about our church, please visit us at gatewaylife.com. Now let's tune in to this week's message. So what we're going to talk about today is sanctification. Now I can't put that in the title because if you put it in the title then nobody wants to know anything about sanctification but Here's, I'm going to give you kind of Preston's layman's definition of sanctification, but here's the title of the message, all right? And it's kind of the burden for the message. This is going to hurt a little. That's the title of the message, because that's what is true about sanctification. It hurts a little bit. If you've got a Bible, I want you to open up to John chapter 17, we'll get there kind of in the middle of the message, and while you're turning there, let me just give you Preston's layman's definition of sanctification this is not a biblical definition per se but it is based on scripture of course sanctification is God's process for maturing us in our faith in him our relationship with him and our usefulness for him by pruning and purifying (laughs) yeah this is a very expensive definition I'll read it one more time because I'm not putting the notes on the screen. Sanctification is God's process for maturing us in our faith in him, our relationship with him, and our usefulness for him by pruning and purifying. And here's the reality of sanctification. Oftentimes, God uses the difficult circumstances around you to produce something divine in you. And I'm just going to be dead flat real with you. I usually try to be, I'm not holding anything back. I kind of hate this. I'm learning something about myself uh, and I'm learning more about God. Hopefully we all are learning more about ourselves and more about God. Until the week of Easter, I felt like Holly and I, we were the most dialed in we have ever been in over 20 years of marriage. We were dialed. And then a couple of life factors kicked in. Things we didn't have any control over. Relational things, uh, spiritual things, fostering things. Just everything kind of seemed to happen the week of Easter. And we go from being totally dialed to feeling like we no longer have any control And I don't mean that we've lost self-control, but I don't know if you've ever felt like this before, where all the water is fine, and and even if it's choppy, you feel like you're just dominating, and then a couple of things change, and you feel like you go from control to utter chaos. Anybody ever been there there before? Okay, if you're not raising your hand, we're going to pray for you because something is off. (laughs) This is just how life works. And it's like you get so much confidence when things are just rolling. And I don't mean pride. It's just like, man, we're dialed. And then a couple of waves come and start putting water in the boat. And you're like, what is going on right now? I have no control of this. I'm convinced that one of the biggest reasons God allows chaos is to remind us we're not in control. I need this. You need this. I might not like it, but I need it because I'm not in control. Let's just talk about this practically for our pastor. Let me, let me remove myself. Let's just talk about our pastor. Do we really want a pastor who always thinks he's in control? And I'm not saying I was walking in going, I'm in control. I'm just talking about this is one of the things God does when we say, not my will, but yours. He goes, great, then I'm in control. And you're not. And one of the ways, Preston, that I work this out in your life is sanctification. I am using the things in your life that you have no control over to produce something that scares your enemy. But it's going to hurt a little. So rather than fight sanctification, I think we should embrace this ongoing work of sanctification, I'm gonna give you five things. Here's the first one: Sanctification is not an easy thing. It's just not easy. We want the easy way. We might say we don't, but we want the easy way. Some of us expect the easy way. Every once in a while, Holly and I we we end up pulling an RV, and it's 43 feet long, 13 and a half feet high. It is literally gargantuan. And there's this app that we use. Um, it's called RV Life. This is not a plug, it's just to explain. And one of the things they do for $60 a year, okay, this sounds like an infomercial, but it's not. (laughs) One of the things they do for $60 a year. Okay, now imagine if you've never pulled a trailer, okay, imagine pulling something 43 feet long and 13 and a half feet wide. It's like a semi, okay? One of the things they do for $60 a year is you can put in your rig and it will give you directions that go around any bridges, any tunnels that are shorter than the height of your rig. One of the biggest stressors when you're pulling a rig, going places you've never been before is how high is this tunnel? Like, and and you don't want to slow down every time you come to a tunnel and go like four miles an hour and be like, because then it would take forever to get where you're going. So unfortunately, sometimes you just got to, Drive by faith, you know what I'm saying? You just gotta go, but you're stressed. But this app, if I just put in where I'm going and my rig, it knows how tall my rig is and it knows what tunnels I should stay away from and tells me to go around them. It makes my job as a driver easy. And it is the best $60 I could ever spend. Here's the tough part about the Christian life. There is no such app. I would create it if it was possible. We have one of the most genius people I know, Brad Larson. He will pull it off. He and Jeff could do It's not possible. It can't be done. Here's why. Because if the Christian life were that easy, we'd have no need for the Christ. And so he says, hey, bud, embrace the storms. Because some of my best work is done in the storms. If some of God's best work is done in the storms, why would we ever get comfortable on the beach? Come on. Come on. I hate this about myself. Now, I don't want to put everyone I love through constant storms, but I also don't want to put my children through a life of beach living with no storm. Come on. We were made to show the world that our God reigns, and sometimes, The best way to do it is to go through hard things and to experience and receive a peace that passes all understanding, so much so that outsiders go, What is wrong with you? And we can say it's not about what's wrong or right with me. I just walk with the one who is right. Have you ever had somebody say to you, if you ask them, Hey, how's everything going? and they said, oh, I'm having a really hard time. This is just a really hard season. And have you ever heard yourself say, I'm so sorry. Next time you hear someone say, this is a really hard season, I sweetly submit to you not to ever apologize. You can empathize, but don't apologize. Because when we apologize, For someone going through a hard season, it means we don't understand the God over every season. And we don't understand sanctification. That some of God's best work is done through hard seasons. The Lord says the hard way is oftentimes the most productive way. That's why we can't always travel the easy way. And let me just say, some of us when we hear about this, If we have some wounds, if we have some hurt, it might be easy to adopt the narrative. So then what you're saying, Preston, is God is hurting me. No, no, no. God isn't hurting you. He's producing something inside of you. And fruit production can sometimes be a bit painful. Point number one, sanctification is not an easy thing. Point number two, sanctification is a Jesus thing. It's a Jesus thing. Hebrews 10.10 tells us we're sanctified at salvation. Okay, this is, this is what theologians call positional sanctification. We are made right with God because of what Christ did for us. That's Romans 5, right? We, we are positionally right with the Father because of what Jesus did for us and we received it. We accepted it by faith, right? Okay, that's positional sanctification. I wish that was the only kind of sanctification there was. I Because this is a once and for all sanctification. This is personally why I theologically believe uh, that, that I can't lose my salvation. I'm not trying to get into anything. But this is one of the reasons. It's a once and for all sanctification. But this isn't the only type of sanctification. There is an ongoing, day by day, all day long sanctification. John 17, if you're there. Let's read together, starting in verse 17. Jesus is talking to the Father. I want you to watch what he asks for. Out of all the things the Son could have asked the Father for, look what he asks for. He says, Father, sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, so I have sent them into the world. And for their sake, I consecrate myself that they also may be sanctified in truth jesus says father will you sanctify them i don't believe he's just talking about positionally because then the next words out of his mouth are you sent me i send them he's not talking about once and for all he's saying lord father would you sanctify them remember jesus went through a hard thing remember how he was in the garden He said he he was crushed with grief. This was not easy. We act like Jesus going to the cross was just that he skipped the whole way. This, This was painfully grueling even before the painful death. So much so that he said, Father, if there's any way, can you take this cup from me? I don't know if you've ever heard yourself utter words like that to the Father, but I have. Just in the last 30 hours of my life I have. Lord, I don't know if I can do this. Will you take this cup from me? Jesus said that. And he asked the Father. He said, Father, will you sanctify them? Will you sanctify them? The way you are moving in me, will you move in them? And here's the implication, Father don't shield them from hard things because I see the hardest thing I've ever had to do is produce something the earth will never, ever experience again. Jesus said sanctify Preston, would you? Would you put him in a process that prunes him and purifies him all the days of his life? Because, Father, as much as this hurts me, I see what it's producing. Don't keep Preston from that kind of fruit production either. Here's point number three. Sanctification is an ongoing thing. Hebrews 10, 14. For by that one offering, the offering Jesus made, he forever made perfect those who are being made holy. This shows once and for all sanctification and then ongoing sanctification. It's called progressive sanctification. Progressive sanctification has this as its thought. It's setting apart believers for the purpose for which they are sent into the world. It's an ongoing thing. Some of us think that there's such a thing as arriving. If I can just get to here, I will have arrived. You know what's so funny about God? When you get there, it's like he's sitting back in a chair going, look at the next mountain we're going to climb. I mean, you, you practically kill yourself to get up this mountain. And then he's sitting there waiting going, <laughs> Preston, you thought we were done. Put your hand under your heart. You, you, is it still beating? Mm-hmm. You still have oxygen in your lungs? Mm-hmm. Yeah. i put it there so we can take this next climb together. This is not going to be easy. Because, Preston, you were meant to be an, a walking, living, breathing advertisement for me, my power, my goodness, and so it means I'm going to ask you to do some hard things. Well how long is this going to last, Lord, like is it my 20s, because that's what I used to think. If I could just get through my 20s and then I got to my 30s and he's like, time to go play in a church, you're funny. If I can just make it through my 30s, I get to my 40s, a six-month-old baby shows up on our doorstep. I, I, at this point in my life, I'm kind of done trying to project how this is all going to go. You know what I'm saying? Because it's, it, 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 I don't know if you've ever caught yourself doing this, but sometimes you start forecasting ahead, you know? And I wonder if God isn't just peering over the balcony of heaven, giggling, going, oh. Pain, you Preston, you paint in such straight lines. But let me show you how I move. But you want to know one of the best parts about walking with God? It doesn't matter where we go, how long it takes to get there. The best part is that we get to do it with him. And sometimes I think he catches me getting too focused on what happens rather than. It's happening with him. And so he lets it be an ongoing work because just when I think Holly and I are dialed, he puts a three-year-old on our doorstep. (laughs) And he go, oh, we are not as far along as we thought. This is hard. I was just back, and Tyler, my oldest son, is back in the back. With Max in right now, just being a legend of a human being, he's sick as a dog, and Tyler is back there just saving the world. I told him, after this four hours is over, we are going to my bank, and whatever number you want, I will give it to you. <laughs> I said, I just need 30 minutes, bud. I just need 30 minutes to go into my prayer room and just reset before the Lord. And I went right in, laid on my face, and I said, I can't do this. And he goes, mm-hmm, that's the point. I didn't say I don't wanna do this. I said I can't do this. And he goes, I love it when you talk like that. Because it just reminds yourself, Preston, that you need me. And it's not that I was blocking him out, but I just don't think we're all that aware when we're doing things occasionally in our own strength. We just get on such a hot streak. And then he, he's like, whoa, 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 I can see what's going on in Preston's heart. And then you fall on your knees and you say, I can't do this without you. And the God of the universe says, it's not because you're weak. It's because I made you that way. Preston, you don't understand the reason this is ongoing is because I want to go with you everywhere you go. I want to do with you everything you do. And so this work I'm doing inside of you is never gonna stop until I call you to my side. You might be thinking of a particular verse, Philippians chapter one, verse six. Paul says, I'm certain that God who began the good work within you will continue his work until it is finally finished on the day when Christ Jesus returns. You know what, this is in part saying, yes, it's talking about the work being done in me, but it's also talking about the work being done on the earth that the work God's doing in me is connected to the work God is doing on the earth. And it's not gonna be done until Jesus comes back. Sanctification is an ongoing thing. We might as well embrace it. Don't run from it. Here's point number four. Sanctification is a Holy Spirit thing. Romans 15, 16. Paul says, I'm a special messenger from Christ Jesus to you Gentiles. I bring you the good news so that I might present you as an acceptable offering to God, made holy or sanctified by the Holy Spirit. I'm kind of convinced that some people actually leave the faith because of this right here. That the Holy Spirit is the one that sanctifies. Here's another way to say it. The Holy Spirit calls the shots, not us. I'm convinced some people leave their Savior because sanctification, ongoing sanctification, is the work of the Holy Spirit. Because some of us just like to be in control. No, I don't want that. I don't want to do that. I don't want to be responsible for that. I know God's asking me, nope, nope, not doing that. We almost see God's will like a menu we can choose from. And the Holy Spirit goes, no, no, I'm the one moving on the earth. The work being done in you is a part of the work I'm doing all over the earth. Preston, you don't know the end from the beginning. You need to yield, you need to submit. If you want to be in step with me, I call the shots, you don't, because think about it. If God left sanctification up to us, the ongoing work of pruning and purifying, how many of us would have ugly growths all over our lives? Because some of us look in the mirror and we're like, that is so cute. And everybody else around you and your family is going, that is disgusting. (laughs) And you're like, I'm better than I've ever been. And they're like, oh, dear Lord, this is getting worse. (laughs) Why? Because the closer you are to something, the harder it is to be honest about it. That's why we need the Holy Spirit in operation in our lives. To go, hey, Preston, I know you call this normal. This is not normal. I know you're thinking this is good because it's better than it used to be. It's still bad. Preston, I need to do something. A little work needs to be done in your heart and I can't leave it up to you. You just need to submit to me. Sanctification is the work of the Holy Spirit. So here's another way to see that. Take it as a compliment every time you're in a season of Sanctification because it's the God of the universe drawing near, going, there's something I want to do. Let me do it in you, and let's do it together. Instead of kicking and screaming and fighting against it, saying, no, I don't want this, please don't do it, I don't want any part in it. When you sign up for the ongoing work of sanctification by the Holy Spirit, you don't set the terms, he does. It's kind of like this process we're going through for a foster certification. You have people come into your home on a consistent basis and they walk around your house and they tell you what you can have and what you can't have. I've never experienced something like this. Like the first time they came in and they're like, oh, you, you're not allowed to have that. And I'm like, hey, hold on just a second. Would you like to start paying part of the mortgage? Like you're kind of acting like, like you, you can just decide. Like I, I'm cool, you wanna split the mortgage, I'm down. But if you're just here to tell me what I can't have, what I must have, I've got to have $3,000 pool fence. This relationship isn't going to work very well. They go, no, no, no. No, if you'd like to be certified, this is the process you must go through for the good of the child. Well, when I was talking to them, I was thinking about the good of me. Well, I just, I just bought that. I don't, I don't want to look up for the good of the child. This has to go, and this must come in. It's exactly what it's like with the Holy Spirit. Now listen, if if you feel like you can call the majority of the shots, I hate to let you know this, but you are not being led by the Holy Spirit. If you can call the bulk of the shots of your life, you're not being led by the Holy Spirit. It was uncomfortable to have somebody come into my house and say, hey, I appreciate it. it's taken you guys nine nine years to get this house set up like this, but it has to be set up totally differently. But this is my house. Well, think about this spiritually. But this is my life. And God goes, oh, I think you're forgetting a verse that says you were purchased. I own this house now. And can I just be really real when he talks like that? This is, this is, i probably going to sound heretical. Can I just be a, a human for a second? You kind of just want to just go like this every once in a while. You're like, what? I mean, I'm laying my life down. He's like, is that what you call this? Have you read about my son? That's laying your life down. Preston, we're not even close to that yet. <laughs> I mean, some of you are like, man, it seems like God corrects him a lot all the time. <laughs> all the time. But isn't that how it's supposed to work? It's not my life. Paul said it brilliantly. I've been crucified with Christ. When he died, I died. Now, it's no longer I that lives, it's Christ that lives in me. And the Father reminds me. I've been purchased at the highest price that will ever be paid for anything in this world. I don't belong to me anymore. It's not my house, it's not my life. It's his. And do you know how hard this is in the day in which we live the entitlement era? We are living in the entitlement era. If I want it, I should have it. If I think it, it's right. Me, 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 me. And the God of the universe says, "Uh, no, I take the opposite approach. Preston, it's actually me, 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 me. And you following me. Sanctification is something the Holy Spirit does in us. This is why we have to yield, submit. Sanctification as an ongoing work of the Holy Spirit might look like this. The next time you're in the grocery store, you feel the unction of the Holy Spirit. It happened to me and the boys yesterday at IHOP. If you haven't been to IHOP in a while, best pancakes on planet Earth. It's inarguable. I'm convinced. If you know Better Pancakes, email me this week. I will go try them. <laughs> We're having pancakes. Just me and the boys and Maxon. And our server is probably about seven months pregnant. Busting her tail. The Holy Spirit starts speaking. And I bring my boys into the conversation. <laughs> Can I just say this? While a little bit of the human might be making sanctification sound difficult. It's actually the most fun way to live. I, I realize it seems like I'm talking out of both sides of my mouth, which I am. But isn't that what Paul said? There's kind of an ongoing wrestle between the flesh and the spirit. And I'm doing my best to walk in the spirit. But if you think I'm not human, you just lie into yourself. Sanctification is fun. I sit with my boys and say, I think the Holy Spirit's speaking about our our server. I think we should do something. And our kids know our stories of being generous. And so we bring them in and I let them decide. Yesterday, I got to be in a sanctifying moment where the Holy Spirit was working in my son's. While I am kind of complaining about sanctification in my own life. One of my favorite things is watching the Holy Spirit work on the earth. And that includes working and moving in my life. And I've got to get better at getting comfortable when it's painful. Because I never want to shut him off and say, no, stop moving. Stop working. I can't handle anymore. I'm done. I want to say, Holy Spirit, have your way. Whatever you want to do, I want to give it to you. Here's point number five, and we'll be done. Sanctification leads to doing special things. Sanctification leads to doing special things. Second Timothy chapter 2, verse 21. Therefore, if anyone cleanses himself from what is dishonorable, that's a picture of sanctification, he will be a vessel for honorable use, set apart Implication here is by the God of the universe, set apart as holy, useful to the master of the house, ready for every good work. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie, coming into Easter, I thought Holly and I were ready for every good work in a way we never have them before. And then he brought us a couple of new works and we went, oh, we're not ready. And isn't it amazing that the God of the universe He's not yelling and screaming. He just kind of giggles, sweetly smiles and says, I know, but that's why I'm here. I'm preparing you for what's next. And I'm using this, these circumstances. One of the best parts about sanctification is it prepares us to be used in supernaturally special ways by the God of the universe. This is what I want for our church. This is what I want for you. I want things to go down in your life that it's impossible for you to take credit for. That's God's goal. Because when impossible things go down, he gets more glory. Amen. Yeah. This is the point. So that the people around you in your life that do not yet know Jesus see supernatural things going down in your life. They know you can't take credit for it. They don't look at you. They look up. And they look at you and they go, what is going on here? And we just go, <laughs> trust me, it's not me, you should have seen me yesterday. <laughs> this is all God, but God who is rich in mercy and grace. Since I was a little boy, I've said, after reading this at 13 for the first time, I wanna be like this. I wanna be used for special things, not so I can feel better than anybody. I just wanna be a special tool in the master's hand. Come on. But I didn't understand at 13, how expensive this would be at 44. I had no understanding. If I did, I probably would go back and tell the 13-year-old to shut your mouth. <laughs> but I don't know that I would. Because this ride has been divine. And it's just getting started. But it seems to be getting more expensive. I can't imagine being Jesus. He was asked to give the ultimate price. I'm not being asked anything near that. And here I am, kind of complaining in my heart. I don't want to be a complainer, but I also got to be honest. I'm a man in process, I'm a human being following after Jesus with all of my heart, but I'm a human in process. I'm becoming convinced that God uses that process to make sure I keep holding his hand. And if that's the point of this process, then I just want to embrace it. I don't want to run from it. The best way I can kind of sum up this message is that with all of my heart, I believe that the God of the universe is saying to you, right now in this season of your life, whether you're in this room or watching this online, There is something I want to do through you. But first, there's something I must do in you. And one more thing. This is going to hurt a little. But child, make no mistake. When I'm done, this is going to hurt your enemy far more than it hurts you. Thanks for joining us today. For more information about Gateway Church, please visit us at gatewaylife.com. Have a great week.